I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith Kennedy handle after Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the center square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the center Yes, hello and welcome to the SC Playbook AFL podcast for round 13 of this 2022 AFL season. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie. I'm joining you as always as your host and I've got a couple of absolute legends of the Supercoach game with me. First to the left of my podcast style, uh, Sandringham Dragons, Fanatic, Hawthorne, Tragic and overall good bloke Dylan Bolch joins me live on the line. Dylan, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm excellent, thank you. Doing great on this Monday evening. Lots to talk about Supercoach-wise. Uh, and on the right of the podcast aisle, I've got uh, one of the Supercoach goats, Stevie Nico, coach of Lovsky FC. He run overall runner-up in 2021. Not going quite as well this year, Nico, but things are starting to turn around slowly but surely. How are you today? Yeah, good day, mate. Doing very well, thank you. Good day, Dylan. Um, yeah, look, decent round for me for once um, this year. So, yeah, looking forward to um, having a chat to see how you boys went too. Yeah, well, let's start it off. Dylan, I want to go to you first. You were flying the whole weekend. I was checking your projected scores um, sort of from Friday to Sunday onwards, and every time I looked, they were getting bigger and bigger. So what did you end up with for the week, and where does that put you overall for the season? So I ended up with 2010, um, I believe, which leaves me at about 13K, which isn't great, um, but a better week. As as Nico touched on before, I think we all had a a pretty reasonable week um, in terms of the rankings, so yeah, onwards and upwards, although this week certainly seems to be the killer of all all three buys. Yeah, it's going to hurt this week. We're going to have a lot to talk about um, as we go through this podcast. Uh, my team is battling personally, so I'm going to need a lot of help out of you boys to, to help me fix it. Uh, Nico, how would you go for the weekend? Uh, what was what was your final score and where does that put you in the rankings? I got a 2,056 um, this round and that shot me up 6,392 places, so... Mm. Sitting at 8,261. So I remember we spoke about, oh, I might have been about three or four weeks ago, and I was sort of aiming to get in the 5K, and I've managed to nearly jump there this week. So, yeah, pretty excited about these next few rounds, and hopefully I can I sneak in there. Yeah. yeah, well, I think one of your goals you, you spoke to us offline about was hitting 6,000 total points over the buys. Um, so you've definitely started well. On the way to that, I think that's a great goal to have, uh, 2,000 points 
uh, a week essentially over these three weeks is, uh, yeah, it's going to be very hard to get, but uh, you put yourself off to a good start. Um, I had a 1989, uh, didn't have Gorney, which, uh, which hurt, um, but moved up 484 spots to 828th overall, which, uh, yeah, can't complain about that. Very happy. Oh, ying. I'm flying. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a, a bit of a crash back to earth <laughs> this week. Unfortunately, I've got um, yeah, not too many players playing, and uh, a lot of a lot of non premiums. We'll put it that way. Uh, looking to come into my side this week, so uh, we'll get into that the nitty gritty of that later. First off, I want to find out. Um, we've been doing a new segment the last couple of weeks. Your wins and losses for the week. Um, you know the things that made you feel good on Sunday afternoon, and the th- the things that you wish you could take back and and reverse the trades uh, over time. Dylan, what about you? Where, what was what were your wins for the week? What made you feel good um, over the last twenty four hours? Um, Tuke Miller as VC was good. Um, pretty stoked with that. He scored one hundred and sixty seven. Um, Malcolm Roses with an eighty three. Uh, I didn't watch the Gold Coast North Melbourne game. I didn't. <laughs> that wasn't uh, wasn't too high on my priority list. But when didn't I saw that, your schedule for that, nah. <laughs> but when I saw that score, I was like, "Wow, that's handy." Um, so that should give him a little, little bit of a price jump. Um, but in terms of losses, Sean Darcy shut the bed, scoring fifty nine. I brought him in. I was tossing up English wits and Darcy, and I thought, "Oh, I'll go Darcy. It suits my buys." And he was shit. So that's not great. What happened? Did anyone? Did either of you watch that game? We're going to talk more about Darcy later, but for, did did either of you watch the Melbourne? Uh, sorry, the the Frio uh, Brisbane game because I didn't catch it, um, so I didn't know why everyone what was going on with Sean Darcy. Nico, you're nodding at me. What was going on? Yeah, look, yeah, we definitely will touch on it later, but I think he could be carrying something. Uh, maybe he's still struggling with that ankle. Um, but yeah, I think I've got another theory that we'll touch on a bit later as Ooh, well. Ooh, I love I it, Nico. I absolutely I love I'm it. I'm not putting my foot in here, Nico, but I think the fact that Meek played might have Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't want Meek playing. He needs to be number one, Rock. Groundbreaking stuff here on yep. the SC Playbook podcast <laughs> when the second Ruckman plays, the first Ruckman isn't as good. <laughs> It's good stuff. Uh, Nico, what about you? Uh, what were your what were your wins for the weekend? There must have been a few considering the score and the ranking jump. So what went well? Yeah, Miller VC as well um, as Dylan. So that was a, a great a great mm. result. Uh, Rich Daniel Rich bouncing back and uh, posting I think near a one hundred and twenty, which was good to see, um, especially after he got tagged out of the game last week and owning Gorn and his one hundred and ninety odd, um, which was brilliant. Oh, I've got another little cheeky win that I've thrown in there. I was going to trade in Darcy, so I avoided that. So I'm going to count that as one. And, um, <laughs> I brought in English instead, but that goes into my losses. So selling McCartan, who got like a 95 to English, who got 80. So I lost points there. And McCartan's obviously going to make a bit more money, but I think long term, that's um, it's probably going to end up being a win anyway. It's weird. I, I kind of, I didn't. I was kind of looking at this segment before, trying to think what my wins for the week are. And, it, and it's weird. In a week, you had nineteen eighty nine, and I went up in the rankings. I didn't feel like anything went that right. Like I, I avoided Darcy, which was good. Um, I brought in English, which was, you know, yeah, whatever it was. Uh, it didn't feel great. Um, didn't have the Took VC. I had went with Laird as captain. Nothing really stood out as as going really right. But it was still a good week. Um, I think, like with you, Dylan, I feel like I missed a couple of the minefields, and that felt good. Didn't have Tom Stewart. Didn't bring in Darcy. That felt great. Um, there were a couple other low scores around that we missed, um, which was good. Uh, yeah, Nico, what are you? Yeah, I just I played you on the weekend, and mm. your, your team is just rock solid. So, like, I had Gorn as a unique, and he scored 198, and you were still, like, thereabouts, head-to-head. Like, it was a really good tussle. And I was like, how am I not further ahead than you? But then I've got, like, Patrapa, who's, um, True. you know, doing his thing. And, yeah, where have you got a bit more rock-solid guys? Like, um, yeah, what? I... Nick uh, Dacos is a big and, and Mills, yeah, Mills. You know, yeah, so they're just you know steady, reliable scorers that you seem to have. 
Well, yeah, I think Nick da- Nick Dacos in the end was the big win. Um, he's been on the chopping block for a couple of weeks in a row now, and just uh, holding him for that one thirteen feels good. Um, he's obviously he's put his break even back down again. He's down at a forty eight break even, so he's going to make a bit of cash this week, which is going to help when you have to turf him off eventually. So yeah, he he was a win, and yeah, Paddy McCartan. He, he I'm going to be really sad to trade him in a couple of weeks whenever it comes out. He's been fantastic um, all year. Uh, Dylan, did you have any? Did you bring up your losses before? What what felt what went wrong? Oh, Darcy's the obvious one. He was crap. Yeah. Um, I had Stewart, which was frustrating, but I guess with best 18, it, it just meant he dropped out of that cycle. Um, obviously not ideal, but given he's on the bye this week, I won't miss anything um, from him. So it's a loss, but it could have been worse. Um, but yeah, Darcy was certainly the, the biggest loss of the weekend for me. Did either of you bring in Bailey Smith or do you own Bailey Smith? No. No. That's a nice one dodged. That also yep. felt pretty good not to get that one. I mean, he's going to miss this week with the buy and then another two weeks. It makes it a very tricky decision whether you hold him or not, and we're going to have a look at that later. Spoiler alert. Um, but, yeah, that was another – yeah, to me it felt like more of a week of dodging the minefields rather than, uh, yeah, cashing in too much. No Gorn hurt, but that's all right. Now, boys, if uh, if any of you listeners out there after premium content, um, I recommend you sign up to SC Playbook, $30 for our entire content library for the 2022 AFL season or $40 for the full package, which gets you AFL, NRL, and BBL. Stacks of extra articles every week, um, entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group where you can chat with us, um, chat with all the contributors about your team. Um, Also, you're eligible for prizes in our unlimited group, and entry into the SC Playbook unlimited group closes um, at the start of this round. Uh, The code is 210089. Jump in. Um, If you are interested in the major prize, you're going to need to be a subscriber to the full package. So, um, if you win the, if you're the highest ranked non-contributor in the uh, in the unlimited group, you get a major Guernsey of your choice, uh, a game day uh, game day package which includes tickets, food, and drinks package, um, and a, the minor prize is also the same uh, minus the Guernsey if you're not a subscriber. So, um, if you're looking for a place to jump in and uh, and take on all of us in Supercoach, uh, jump into the SC Playbook Unlimited Group. The code is two one zero zero. Eight nine. It's good stuff in there, Nico. It's uh, it's actually heating up in there big time. A few of the boys are making big moves. Sounds um, better now- off not. Yeah, it sounds better off not being a contributor, to be honest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nico, you are not eligible for the Those major prizes. Are not. <laughs> it's a very good prize, isn't it? Um, Timmy, who runs SC Playbook, he, he's feeling generous at the moment. So yeah, take advantage of it while you can and jump in there. Um, now, boys, onto the big topics for this week. Um, before we before we get into sort of the the discussion points. I first want to get a sort of a vibe for where you guys are at this week. So Dylan, just just run me through what your team is looking like for this week, how many premiums you've got, how many players overall you got playing um, and what your projected score is. Yeah, so without doing trades, I've got 17, um, but pretty quickly this round, I've already gone Sam DeConing and um, DeConing and Robbie McComb out for Jack Sinclair and um, Tickle from Port. So that leaves me with 18 playing and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 13 primos if you count Butters and Canelio. Okay. Yep. Um, that so sounds... not great. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it feels unders this week, but I'm hoping it just I'll just hold on in a flat line rather than drop. And what's your projected score? Uh, projected is 17.97, which is also unders, I think, but is yep. what it is. <laughs> yep. Nico, what about you? Where where do you stand? So I have 19 playing. Um, that's before trades, and 13 of those are premiums. So I'm not including what seems to be my perma loop in Skinner uh, in that. So and also <laughs> uh, assuming that um, you know Owens, Pruce, 
Butler and Curtis all play. Um, so projected is eighteen twenty six before I uh, hit new trade buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully, you know, I'm bringing in someone like Sinclair um, or a Merritt or something like that to hopefully get that projected up towards a nineteen hundred kind of range. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like you're in a very good spot, Nico. I'm I'm similar to Dylan. Um, post trades, uh, also bringing in um, Jack Sinclair. Post trades, I'm yeah nineteen playing. Projected seventeen ninety seven and, and uh, I think fourteen or fifteen primos, depending how, on how you classify the likes of Butters and Dylan Moore. Um, so yeah, that, I think I think that kind of feels like in terms of projected scores, like the eighteen hundred sort of range is, is about par. I think eighteen or nineteen nineteen is probably what you want to get to. Uh, Nico, are you planning to trade this week? And, and what are you thinking when you, when it comes to trades? Are you going to be boosting? Are you going to be using three, two? What, what's the, um, what's the plan? I'm kind of hoping to use two, um, and then maybe going really hard. Uh, for round 14 so well, I think my numbers are okay because I didn't trade two weeks ago so yeah hopefully just two I've still got two boosts up my sleeve so I don't, I don't really know how I'm going to use them or, or what I'm going to do but hopefully there's two maybe like mid-season um, draft rookies that, that pop up that you know maybe other people can only pick one of them because they've only got you know the two trades whereas I might be able to grab both and still upgrade so that could be you know something that um, is in my favor but I think I'm bringing in Sinclair as well with his um, low break even. Well, we're going to discuss as well options for premiums coming off the uh, the round 11 buy, so the round 12 buy, and Sinclair is going to be close to the top of that list, I imagine. Uh, Dylan, in terms of trades and boosts, where where is your team at? Um, so 15 and 2. So 15 trades left, 2 boosts. That's before trades, so I'll do the 2. So it leaves me with 13 and 2 boosts left. Yep, nice. Uh, I'm in almost exactly the same position, just one boost, but... Um, 13 trades left post-trades. The one I wanted to run by you boys that uh, has been uh, it's been simmering in my head today is whether I get rid of Dylan Moore at this point because uh, I can do the standard downgrade upgrade this week, um, get in Sinclair, but then I feel like I feel like I want to make a move with one of those little those little forward line semi primos that that aren't quite getting the job done. Nico, you're you're giving me a look. What do you think? Do I go? <laughs> do I get rid of Dylan Moore or do I wait it out? I don't know what to do. I'd probably just wait it out until after this week and then when he's on the buy um, and then make a move, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably the smart option. Um, that is good to get a perspective of where you guys are at. Um, the next thing I want to talk, talk about is upgrade targets. We mentioned Jack Sinclair as one of them. Um, I set a task pre-podcast for you guys to come with your five your five blokes that you want to target after their buy. So obviously there's, a, there's that swathe of teams that have already had the round 12 buy. Um, and now is the perfect time to upgrade to one of those because it's uh, obviously you're not going to miss you're not going to have them miss next week or the week after. Um, Dylan, what about who's your who's your who's your hottest upgrade target who's just coming off the buy? Uh, so Jack Sinclair's number one for me. Um, I think I'll pick him to finish off my defence. But he's he's got a three round average of 128, um, a five round average of 110. He just looks. I'm sort of tossing up he and um, Sam Doherty, but I think I'll pay up for Sinclair. He seems to have a, a really good um, role. He's gone back to halfback for the Saints, um, but he's been good all year. I think he's had two scores in the 80s, but everything else has been um, 100 plus. So pretty happy to pick him up and finish my defense. Um, he's probably target number one. Nico, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've got um, Sinclair number one. Um, so low break even, pretty um, pretty reasonable um, price to, to attack at coming off his buy. Uh, Doherty's right up there for me. I think um, it's pretty much a toss-up between between those two for most, I reckon, this round. So he's got a higher break-even, um, but he's a cheaper price. So maybe um, maybe you're struggling with a little bit of cash and decide to go, you know, the cheaper the cheaper option there. Um, however, like 
Doherty could easily hit that break even, so no issues with that. Could I make a case for you, for Doherty being that um, you don't have to worry about whatever steel coming back into the Kilda side does to does to Sinclair's role? Um, is that persuasive at all, or do you back at this point the the body of work that we've seen from Jack Sinclair from the start of the season? Really? Yeah, I think you can take it. Yeah, a little bit. Like, um, absolutely. I think it's a factor. I don't think it's a major factor because you're scoring pretty well with him in the side as well. You'll probably just maybe go more halfback um, potentially. Um, but yeah, look, it's definitely a factor. Doherty's, you know, pretty much nailed on in his role. So, yep. Um, what about Dylan, your next target? Yeah, sorry, just on Sinclair. So he's had in the past, well, since round three, he's only attended centre bounces in round eight, and that was 38%. So he's almost been exclusively a halfback in the past two months. So I don't think Steele should influence him too much based on those numbers. Um Obviously, around the ground, he might run through the midfield a little bit, but I'm pretty confident that still won't affect uh, Sinclair too much. Um, anyway, back to the to the players I think um, are worth looking at. Darcy Parrish is another one I've got my eye on. Um, he's not cheap. He's 625 grand, but another guy who's pretty consistent and we know has a, has a big ceiling. Um, he's had a 97 and a 99, but everything else has been 109 plus. So he's the sixth highest averaging midfielder and I think he's one to, to look at in the midfield. Yeah, I like that, um, Dylan. And, and like I think the thing with, with Parrish, which is exciting, is that he's clearly um, the performance of the Bombers has no impact on on how good his performance is from a supercoach p- perspective because we've been shit ass um, as we uh, have touched on <laughs> many, many times and Parrish continues to get it done, him and Merritt. I think a, a two which are going to be popular. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he might show up in in one or both of your lists. Zach Merritt is another one. Nico, you're yeah. smiling at me. Is he yeah. is he another target for you? Yeah, I've got him at number three there. Low break even, low price, five twenty k for him. Pretty pretty handy, um, and especially with um, you know with Parish, I think he's like a hundred k more. So once again, you're probably looking at more value options because it's going to be tricky to finish off your teams, especially you know with the players that you really really want to get. Yeah, well, that's something I'm struggling with at the moment. It's just cash gen. I don't really have any rookies that have hit that 250, 275 mark that you can cull. I mean, we're looking at Curtis and Rioli who are 180 and you're going to make 60 grand at most yeah. off them. So I think most are in the same boat and we're trading early. Like I got rid of McCartan last week because I didn't have really anyone else and thinking about flicking Dacos this week. So, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, Dylan, anyone we've missed so far that, that people should be looking at coming off that round 12 buy? Oh, I don't think so. I think we've covered most of the big ones. Other names that I sort of had a look at were Sam Walsh, but I think I prefer either Parrish or a cheaper option to him. Um, Josh Kelly is another one. I personally won't touch him because he burns me every time I pick him, but he has a three-round average of 137 um, and some pretty big scores in the last five rounds. So he's another one who seems to be um, revitalised under Mark McVeigh. Leon Cameron's gone, but, yeah, I don't think I'll pick him purely because of, of his history. Is there any interest in a guy like Dan Houston, Nico? Yeah, I've, I've put him down as a special mention. Um, he's scoring really, really well. And um, like no reason really not to pick him other than, you know, he's done this kind of thing before where he, you know, he's been on a heater and then he sort of just goes a bit quiet. So, um, yeah, I think people have probably been a little bit bitten by him in the past and potentially will stay away because of that. I've also got sort of Boke, you know, in, in the conversation as well as Wines. Um, who had a massive second half of the year last year and, you know, really, really dominated and took out the Brownlow. So, um, and maybe look even Nank as a as a smoky um, coming off his buy as well. 
What about the GWS defenders um, is something we haven't really spoken about, but Perryman and Cumming in particular have been fantastic over the last little stretch, a month particularly. I think they've both got three-round averages in the hundreds. Um, is there a reason we should be sticking away from these GWS defenders, Dylan? Is it purely good that there are better options out there or is there something about the GWS defensive structure that you don't think is is long-term conducive to good supercoach scoring? Or, yeah, talk to me about those boys. Yeah, I th- I'm of the belief that there's just better options out there, so I'd rather pay up for a... Um, a, a Sinclair or a Doherty or a Houston type rather than looking at these guys. Um, we also don't really know what Mark McVeigh is going to try and do. Um, often we get interim coaches who will try and go for the win um, to push their case. Other times I'll go, we'll blood all the young kids. So there's a little bit of uncertainty around that. Um, I do like Perryman though. I had him in uh, Supercoach draft last year and he was, he was really good. So I'm a big fan of him. But yeah, I just think there's better options out there. Nico, what about an Ollie Wines? Um, you mentioned Boak. Um, is there a reason why Ollie Wines has, I'm just looking now, 4.5% ownership, even though he's got a 123 last average in his last three? What, what's going on there? Um, yeah, look, I touched him a little bit. So I think he's a really good option. Last year, flew home and, and you know, took out the, the big individual prize um, pretty much from, from this moment onwards, like probably average like 130 plus, you know, coming home. So no reason why history can't repeat in that instance. Um I don't know. I guess maybe if people had him, they might have jumped off when he had that little sort of heart sort of scare and a 50-odd that he got and potentially sold him, you know, sold him at that point. But then he's after that, he's gone 99, 104, 104, 155, 101, 112. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not much to argue about there. And it seems like he's got a pretty cruisy run home too. Plays Richmond twice. They're okay. Plays Adelaide, Essendon, Collingwood, Gold Coast. So, yeah. It's a good not stretch. A run home. Yep. Yeah, and he's looking fit and firing. So I think Ollie Wines is uh, yeah, potentially one of the more under-owned players in the comp at the moment. Um, moving on to our next big topic for the week. Um, I've bundled these guys together um, because I want to talk about each of them individually, but I also think it's it's worth noting them as a group. There was the three boys that sort of let us down this week. Um, I didn't own any of them, thankfully, but they let a lot, lot of coaches down. was Bailey Smith, Tom Stewart, and Sean Darcy. Um, so I want to start with Bailey Smith because I think that's the most pertinent question for coaches out there. Um, he has the bye this week, um, the Western Bulldogs. He's then got a two-week suspension to, to serve. Um, what what do we do with him, Dylan? Like if, if you've brought in Bailey Smith this week, which a lot of people do, he's owned by 13% of teams now. Um, what do you do with a guy like that? Can you afford to hold him those two weeks or do you need to burn a trade to get rid of him? Because it, it, to me, it feels right on the edge. It's a coin flip. Yeah, I would personally probably trade. Um, two weeks is usually a hold, but when you throw in the buy as well, that's three. Um, so I think, and a lot of people, I don't know about you guys, but I've got Roses and Paul Curtis as the backups in the forward line, and I, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable fielding them um, post buy. So yeah, I would be trading Bailey Smith. Um, his break even's up to 143 as well, which, which means when he does come back, um, he potentially drops a little bit. Too. So, yeah, he's a trade for me. Just a stupid thing to do, though. I don't know if you boys are watching that game, but yeah, I, was. Yeah, I, I saw it and I thought, like, what the hell's going on upstairs? But anyway, um, I think I'd trade him from a Supercoach perspective. Yeah, I, I think it's an easy sell um, as well. So just, um, yeah, grab someone off their buy and it'll help you this week, next week, and a couple of weeks after that too. Can I, can I play devil's advocate for a second? Um, and like Dylan says, um, most people don't have great backup in their forward line at the moment. But you've got a bye week this week in which it's best 18 scoring. You've got a bye week next week, the week after, so it's best 18 scoring. Theoretically, you're only then missing him for that one week. Assuming you have 18 players who can score, you know, 50, 60 plus, 
you're kind of only missing, really missing out on that 40, 50 points extra that he might get you over those two weeks ahead of the next best guy that you would have otherwise had to play. Um, can I can I persuade you there, Nico? Is that is that worth thinking about? I think it's worth thinking about. I think it's a very valid point. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you can cover it, um, especially these next two buy rounds, then yeah. So I guess it depends a lot on your buy structure. Then if you if you only if you're going to have you know if you're going to have only eighteen next week and he's going to be one of those eighteen, it probably yeah, not. You might. If you, might if you can have but a lot of people. A lot of people are looking like they might have twenty twenty one players um, in the round in that round fourteen buy. So you hold him there, it hurts you nothing. You really the only hurt then comes the week after when you have to hold him there. Dylan, does that change your mind at all, or are you still firmly the the trade option? Um, no, it's, it, I think it is a good point to raise. I think I would just be. It probably depends on your overall rank as well and, and your league too, depending on what you're playing for. But yeah, I think I would trade him purely because it's you're sort of waiting for it. I'd be I think I'd rather be proactive rather than reactive there and, and be aggressive. But yeah, it probably depends on what your end goal is. The next bloke that I wanted to talk about was uh, Tom Stewart, and I think this is a, a pretty short conversation. Um, the injury didn't look – I mean, ne- who knows with concussion? We never know. He might he might have got a really bad reaction. We're not sure. Um, it looks like with the bye, it's come at a perfect time. He's probably going to play the week after. Nico, I'm assuming if you had a Tom Stewart, you'd be holding? Yep. Easy hold, number one defender in the game. Probably him and Sick uh, are the one too. So, yeah, you, you don't sell them for a one-week injury, especially when they've got their buyer anyway. You should be planning for that. He's going to miss anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Dylan, have you got any inside intel or anything? You're usually very good with the, the injury coverage. Uh, have you heard anything about Stuart? Is he is he tracking okay? What do you think? Yeah, I haven't heard anything since, but they said in the in the post-match coverage that it seemed to be like a standard concussion. Um so, yeah, I think he's a definite hold. Just quietly, how good was Sam DeConing on Friday night? Yeah. He's a jet. Yep, he's a good player. Yeah. He was unreal. I loved when he got absolutely popped. I think it was in that third quarter. He got wrecked in that marking contest. Just popped straight up, straight back into it, um, taking intercept marks again. I love him. I'm a big fan. Yeah, and Norton's no slouch either. So, that's a, that's a big scalp. He's playing on all the big guys, like the big dogs in the league too, and he's doing a really good job. He's doing a great job. Um, this rising star crop is uh, is is exceptional. Um, yeah, Newcomb, Martin, Deconing, Dacos, uh, they're all very very good players. We've got a got a good bunch there, boys. It's the same as it's weird. It's the same with the NBA. The NBA has had just an incredible draft crop, and we're seeing it in the AFL too. I don't know what it was coming out of COVID. Just people got more time to play sport. Who knows? Um, the last uh, the last bloke I want to talk about is Sean Darcy, and I'm going to throw this straight to you, Dylan, because uh, you had the the nightmarish situation of bringing him in this week. Talk me through firstly. Um, what you were hoping for out of the Darcy trade? What what made you go into it? What what attracted you to him? Um, what was it that you that caused him you to bring him into your side? Well, the probably first the biggest point was the buys. So um, English and Wits were the two front runners there, but they both are out this week. Um, and looking forward, I saw that there was an issue this round, um, so I went Darcy, and I was hoping he'd score all right. Brisbane um, notoriously give up points to Ruffman, but. Even looking at his fixtures beyond that, he's got Hawthorne this week. Um, and we saw Darcy Cameron destroy us, so he should hopefully Darcy scores well there. Um, then he's got the bye, but then he has Carlton, Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Sydney, Richmond. Um, so that's a pretty soft run for a Ruckman. But, yeah, he was terrible. We, we touched on Meek before, I think. Meek just kills him because they've, they've then got two options around the ground. And, yeah, 
if I had known Meek was was going to play and play well, I might, I'm honest to you, clear. But yeah, super frustrating. I think the messages I sent in the group chat Sunday night were probably a little bit more <laughs> a little bit more heated than what I'm talking now. Bit of colour in those messages, that's for sure. Yeah. It was uh, reminiscent <laughs> of me talking about Dylan Moore earlier in the day. Um, yeah. Nico, Nico, anything you can add to to what Dylan's saying there about Darcy? And I, I know you had a few good um, thoughts on the Fremantle setup overall. So why don't you run us through it? Yeah, he's just probably playing a bit a bit too much forward with um with making the side. So and it seems to hamper him, you know, probably more so than than others. Like I mean, Proust can still you know have a number two ruck in the team and still score well. Uh, whereas it seems like Darcy just has to be the number one ruck. So um, I think if you have him, look, it's it's unlucky. Hopefully his ankle isn't really bothering him, but I mean that could still be lingering, um, and that's why they're playing Meek. Um, but maybe just ride the wave and just hold on because he'll probably drop a one fifty next week. So yeah. How did the Fremantle Ruck duo work overall? Like, was it a success? Would you give it a pass mark if you were if you were coaching the coaching Freo? Oh, uh, probably. Yeah, I think Meek played played pretty well, um, and it, I don't know what the ratio was, but it seemed to be a pretty even split between the two. Um, you know, and, and they've had you know a really good win. Um, so I guess the results there. Yeah, I've got Dylan, the ratio. You- I've got the ratio here. So Darcy played sixty six percent, and Meek thirty four centre bounces. So it's mm. consistent to what Darcy had the previous three weeks. Um, the diff- So essentially Meek took lobs, centre bounces, but Meek, I think, around the ground took more of that rough, rough roll on um, than what Lob might have. So that's, I think, what hurt hurt Darcy, unfortunately. Do you think he bounces back, Dylan? Um, uh, I hope so. I, think, I don't think long-term Meek plays. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Tabner's due to come back soonish, so I think if you get Tabner in, lob in, I just don't know that you can play Meek. So a little bit of did Jordan Sweet play for the Dogs this week? I don't think he did, did he? No, no he didn't. Out. Yep. Yeah, so I think using that as a blueprint. So he was really good the week before. Then English is fit, so I think Sweet gets himself another week there. He was then crap against whoever they played after Gold Coast. Back to the twos. I think a similar thing might happen here with Meek. So hopefully he's a bit quieter this week against Hawthorne um, or Taverner's back, and I think he then makes way after that. So fingers crossed, Darcy long-term is still okay. Yeah, I rate it. And the, like you said, it was the the reason you could like, – one of the big reasons is the buyer structure, and you're sorted nicely for this week, um, even if Proust doesn't play, um, whereas those of us uh, holding Proust and hoping he's the the only ruck in that ruck line is uh, – I'm feeling a little bit nervous about it, frankly. Um, moving on to our next big topic um, – Rookie rookie chat is what I've called this. Um, and Dylan, this was your big topic that you suggested to me earlier today was that we've got a stack of rookies who are sort of approaching that, um, yeah, that final moment in our teams when we have to decide when to get rid of them. Um, and uh, I've got a few of them here ready to go. Greg Clark, Cooper Stevens, Nick Dacos, McCartan, SDK, Curtis and Rioli. They're all sort of at that level where you, you need to pull the trigger on them. But I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, when do you know when the right time is to pull the trigger on a rookie? Is it purely break-even related or do you need to look at further things outside like your structure or what role they're playing or whether they can be a decent backup for the rest of the season? Um, interested to hear what Nico says here, given his success in previous years. But for me, it's usually more or less break-even orientated. Um, but having said that, like looking this week, uh, Sam DeConing's break-even was 60-something, I think. I haven't got it in front of me, but so probably about on his max. But do you hold him and then use him as backup? The, for me, the argument essentially was made because I needed his money to fund a, a Sinclair move. So um, I moved him on, but I held McCartan. But even long-term, like I'm looking at my team now, 
having done that deconing to Sinclair trade, um, so the back line's finished and McCartan and Jacob Ware are on the bench. So McCartan's not scoring. So, I mean, if he's scoring 90s, I couldn't really give a hoot um, because he's not. I'm not getting those points anymore. So unless some someone goes down, um, and if they did, fingers crossed, I've got the trades in play to be able to move them on to another premium. So I think it depends on your structure and who you've got, um, which it's not a very concise answer. But, yeah, I think more or less it's break-evens for me. Yeah, okay. Nico, are you sim- on similar veins? Yeah, I look at break-evens. I think it's important as well with, um, you know, during the buys that you're looking at, you know, how many players you've got available and maybe one of these guys who has a low break-even is still expendable because there's a little bit of cash in, in the trade um, for you and it might be able to get you to someone who, you know, you want to bring in. So looking at Clark, he's probably got another 100K left to make, um, you know, but I'm kind of looking at selling him even though he's got an 18 break-even, uh, I might hold. If you got Stevens, um, mm. I think he's just 100% sell. I think you've yeah. waited way long enough um, to see if he's in best 22 or not, and I think it looks like it's just not. No matter, you know, maybe there's just something he's not doing in the, in his game that you know the coach wants to see. He's, he's doing pretty well in VFL and still not getting the gig. So I think you just move him on. Um, Dacos, you know, he's probably team dependent, hold or sell. Um, same with sort of McCartan. You know, if he's struggling for numbers this weekend, you probably move him on. Because um, he's got the buy, even though he's coming off a really good score. Same with SDK. Um, Curtis, I'm probably going to maybe hold him as sort of, you know, bench fodder. Same with Rioli. Um, Rosas, you know, he's a tricky one. He might get to 300K, you know, earn another 100K more. But, yeah, him, I don't know. I think I'm probably likely to move him on, even though I told Supercoach Bandit not too early. <laughs> I think it was yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I think he sort of just, like, let me into it. And, um Lent me in and I've looked at it and it's, it could be an option. But um, There's an interesting dilemma I've got this week that I wanted to throw to you boys uh, to help me out. As usual, you guys help me figure out my team. Um, I've got Greg Clark and Cooper Stevens. Um, Cooper Stevens, break even um, 32, I think it is. Greg Clark, break even 18. Um, Stevens is 188K. I think Clark is 243 or something. Um, who do you move on out of those two? Because Cooper Stevens feels like he's got more cash to make, but he's not scoring. Um, Clark is getting to that point of maxing out, but he's he's a guaranteed body in the team. Um, what do I do here, Nico? I forgot about this, Stevens. I, like when you wrote Stevens down, I don't know if you were talking about the Swans one or the Geelong one, so I got a bit confused there. But um, Cooper, you probably what's he what's he earn now? Like what's he gone up? Uh, he's only gone up um, like a, I think he's only gone up like sixty k or something. Yeah, sixty five k yeah. overall. Yeah, danger probably back after the buy. I oh, know. Yeah, it's tricky. It's, it's tricky, yeah. but it, you know, it saves sixty k if you then get rid of Clark and just hold Cooper Stevens. I don't know. It's yeah. it's a real tough one. Dylan, talk to me. What what, what am I missing about Cooper Stevens? Why can't he get? Uh, he looks so good when I see him play, but he just doesn't score. Yeah, I, I'm just bringing up the Geelong um, midfield splits now. I suspect it's just not his time. Um, yeah, so he's had 27% center bounces on the weekend. So I just think at the moment he's not high enough on the pecking order to have enough of a role to score consistently well. Um, Clark's obviously playing in a pretty ordinary West Coast outfit, so he's getting more opportunities. I would probably pass. Uh, I would probably trade Stevens. Um, I know he hasn't made much coin, but given Clark still has a little bit of money to make, um, he's scoring pretty well as well for a rookie. I think I'd hold him over the two, but yeah. 
That's where I'm leaning currently. Do you boys have any tricky little rookie upgrade questions you're looking at this week? It's always tricky to decide who to get rid of at this point of the season. Nico, anyone that's given you the given you the irrits that you don't know who to get rid of? No, not really, mate. I'm, I'm struggling with cash gen, um, same as you. So, yeah, I, I probably need to wait a little bit to, for him to fatten up, um, to be honest. So, yeah, look, I'm not sure. But I'll, I'll probably cull one, um, you know, around that sort of 220 to 250k mark and just try and get that 100 and sort of 20k that I need to get someone like a Nick Dacos to a Sinclair, for instance. So, geez, I yeah. wish I'd jumped on Joel Jeffrey a few rounds ago. Mm. Um, that mm. I think we, we didn't talk about, we talked about not getting him in the pod, and since then he's gone up about 80k. Um, and he's got a break even to minus nine this week, so that hurts mm. a little bit. Um, Dylan, any curly questions for you? Um, not really. I, I guess, so looking at my moves this week, I'm getting Sinclair and Tiefel in for uh, De Koning and McComb, which leaves me with Malcolm Roses at F6 uh, in a full side. Is that an issue if I then look to rectify that before the buys end? Mm, I don't think it is, personally. No. I think, yeah, I think you're right. fine. Yeah. yeah. So, if, so you re- you'd be rectifying it next week, essentially. Well, I'd make it a high priority, yeah, because I don't think you want Roses scoring in a best 22 situation. Um, no. And then next week I potentially can get rid of McCart and um, swing a few DPPs and, and fix that forward line. Um, yeah, it's it's yep. a hard, it's a tricky one because I guess the flip side of that is do I look at an underpriced player like Merritt who's probably fringe top eight or do I look to get a Mills or a Parrish in? Like it's, it's, I guess it's that argument. Do you look to value or do you look to the bona fide Bonafide stars. I think you've raised a really good point there, Dylan, about your team and your best 22. It's easy to lose sight of that during the buy. So just make sure that if you are flipping people, you know, between the lines that you know exactly where you want those players to be coming out of the buys. Um, so you don't want to be stuck um, and have to then make a trade to, to move them. Hmm. Uh, time to move on to our next big topic, boys. And I mentioned it earlier. It's uh, I've called this topic forward line tinkering. Um, so I think a lot of teams are going to be in this situation similar to me where you're essentially full premium um, across the board, but your forward line is carrying the likes of, yeah, Canelio, Butters, Dylan Moore, um, just these, yeah, Dugowie even, um, Heaney, just these sort of second-rate forwards that aren't going to finish the year in the top six. And I guess my broad question, Nico, is... Um, at what point do you need to start getting rid of these guys and upgrading them to proper guns? Or is it is it still at the point of the season where the major focus has to be getting those rookies off the field? Yeah, I think you're still trying to get the rookies off the field, especially in your best 22 scenario. Um, look, for me, mate, look, I don't really count Cogs or, or Dylan Moore as premium. So, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't consider your side full premium if, you, if you're counting them. Sorry. I know Sorry. your feelings about Cogs at this point, um, Nico. Yeah, your, no. your, mis- your mistaken feelings <laughs> about Cogs. I think, yeah, we're talking about sort of luxury sort of trades here, I think. So um, I wouldn't be doing any of them during the buys unless it gives you that 18th player um, and then, you know, might help you for, for two weeks during the buys. Um but I think, yeah, I think holding through, especially Cogs, you'd probably hold him now because he's going he's gonna to play the next two rounds. So, um, and then maybe make a decision on him coming out around 14. Dylan, what, what do you think? What, how, do I know, how do I know when to move on from, from these guys? Because I find it, it's a hard question every year because you're always stuck with those three or four blokes in your team that you kind of hate, you don't want them there. Like, when do you get rid of them though? When, when is the right time? Um, I view almost all of those guys as luxury upgrades. So um, I think... First and foremost, you want to get rid of your McCartans and your Clarks and your 
roses and stuff from on field. Um, once you've done that, I think you then look at your butters and your Cornelios and your Dylan Moores. Um, because at the end of the day, like we saw Cornelio too. I know Nico's not a huge fan, but a couple of weeks ago, Cornelio dropped 140. And it was against a West Coast Waffles side, but... Um, hey, I had him all the way up until that point. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I like... Even Butters, we know he can go big. Um, at the end of the day, I think you want your rookies out first. Uh, a supplementary question following on from that is, if I was to trade Dylan Moore this week um, and noting that all the Bulldogs boys are on the buy, um, who of the other forward line options would you be looking to? Because I was having a look today and it's pretty grim. The forward line options to upgrade this week are not good. We're looking at Goldstein, um, who hasn't had his buy yet, Charlie Kernow, yeah, you're holding you, a week. Yeah, you kind of have to hold a week, week don't yeah. you? Yeah, and you bring, bring Bont in. Yeah, yeah, no, you bring Bont in. Simple. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, that actually in the end is quite a simple answer, isn't it, right? Like you, you, it's not the week to do the luxury forward upgrade. Yeah. Not unless you go to someone who's already had their buy. Yeah. What about in the sort of – what about in the back line? Are you boys ha- carrying anyone? I know Bandit's been holding Luke Ryan all season. Are you boys holding anyone in any of the other positions that, that you just don't – that you know is not going to be a season-long primo there? He's come good, hasn't he, Ryan? Recently, he might have had a bit of a, a lower score on the weekend, but you know, he's three rounds probably up there. Um, I've still got concerns about Rich. You know, I've lost a little bit of money on him, and he's very up and down. Um, he may even get tagged because of the success that um, that GWS had with that sort of negating role. Um, but no, I think other than that, maybe yeah, Butters, which we've touched on, probably just those two for me. Well, what maybe, about you doing? Maybe Petrarca, sorry, as well. He's a bit of a concern. Yeah, um, I'm pretty happy with my defence. I've got Cicely Hewitt, um, Sinclair now, Tom Stewart, Jaden Short and Jack Crisp. So Crisp is the mm. worst of that lot at 104 and I think that's the 10th awesome. best amongst defenders anyway. So pretty content with my back line. Um, midfield, the midfield premiums I've got, I'm happy with. So Oliver Neal, Laird, McRae, Cripps, Miller. Um Darcy's obviously a pain in the ass, but I'll give him a bit more time. And then forward line, I guess, as we touched on, Butters and Cornelio are the two there. So it's just getting rid of those on-field rookies for me at the moment. Just one little nugget um, to, to mention. Um, you don't really want to get the top six primos like for each line. You need the top six primos as of from now till the end of the year mm-hmm. in your line. Like the history, yep. like it's done. Yeah. So, you know, That's potentially, a good point, Nico. someone might drop out of that. List who's had a really good first half of the season, they may have a poor second half of the season. You want the guy who's having, you know, a heater in the second half of the season. So, don't you know? Don't chase. I guess round one to twelve points. Very good call. Yeah. Um, and I think this uh, this next little segment that I want to talk about is uh, flows on from that nicely, and that's the uh, that's the the concept, the idea of Braden Proust, um, and uh, what the hell is going on with Proust. Um, firstly, Dylan, you are my my team extraordinaire, the bloke who knows the ins and outs of every football team like no one I've ever seen before. Um, what's what's the news on Proust? Is he going to play this week? Oh, just give me thirty seconds. I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen hey, VFL score. <laughs> Nothing but good juju, please. He's definitely I don't think they fine. played in the VFL on the weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, Did, uh, for my quick my quick googling before. Um, oh, jeez. He probably. I'm. I had this discussion with someone the other day. I I just don't think he's that. I I just don't think he's that good of a footballer, to be honest. I know he looks good and he clunks marks, but why? He's like he missing ten. Yeah, but is that just because he's a ruckman? Like, I reckon sometimes you get rucks at average points that aren't that great. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. 
And look, can you play he and Flynn in the same side? Like, I don't know. GWS are a whack unit at the moment, and McVeigh being the coach doesn't help us. I think he probably does return, though, um, purely because he's that bash and crash type ruckman that throws his weight around um, and helps, he uh, helps the midfielders out. He hasn't gone under 100, but it's the game's missed, which is... Yeah, which that's the killer there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. One thing I was thinking, which might might play in his favour, is they're playing North this week, who have been rolling with that two ruck setup. So you can kind of throw Flynn to the Wolves and let Goldie and Cherry have a crack at him, or you go Flynn and Flynn and Bruce and and let them both go out at it. Nico. You'd, yeah. You're kind of okay with that. Well, surely at a minimum, like this Sprawl guy or whoever he is, surely he's out. And, <laughs> surely, and Bruce comes in. Like, yeah, I, I think they'll probably roll Cherry and Goldie. Um, so. You know, as I said earlier, Prue scores are right, um, you know, even playing as number two or sharing the ruck. So, yeah, I don't have an issue with him. I, I really, really want him to play, obviously, because I've, I've held him and, and didn't move to Darcy. So, um, you're really, really keen on him to be named and, and score well. Now, Just a question for you, okay? Oh, sorry to cut yeah. you off, Eddie. Do you, is it a concern that he didn't play last week? Do you look at that as though he was fit and he wasn't selected, or do you look at it and go, oh, they're easing him back in after missing a week with the flu? To me, that looks um, like the way I viewed it was that he, he's not best 22. Well, he wasn't best 22 that round, and they, they prioritised Flynn. But Yeah, so as you as you guys know, I'm you know a member of the, the Dr. Supercoach um, crew as well, and um, one of the boys actually sat down and watched the whole game in the VFL and said that, you know, he started off really well. His name's Bex, by the way. Shout out to Bex. He um, he started off really well, like on fire in the ruck, and then was just basically, you know, put in the forward line after that um, and looked like he was just getting sort of eased back into into some match fitness. And so potentially, um, from what it looks like or what the summary um, of that is, is that, you know, he might have just needed a, a bit of a run um, and wasn't at 100% fitness. Mm. That's positive because I was I was with you, Dylan. I'm sort of of the view that when a bloke's playing twos, it's never a good sign um, unless they're sort of nat five playing one game for Claremont or whatever it was. Like it, I just don't ever see a good player playing twos as, as a good sign for where they are in the team. But yeah. that, um, that context does make things a lot more clearer for me, Nico. Now, we're obviously recording this on a Monday night, so we've got no idea what the teams are going to be. Um, in the... In the event, I'm not going to call it likely or unlikely, in the event that Bruce isn't named, Dylan, where should people be looking? Um, because obviously Darcy is is the primary option. He's probably the, you know, however you want to rank him, the fourth best ruck in the game at the moment in Supercoach terms, but he hasn't had his buy yet. So where should people be looking for that for that Bruce upgrade option? Um, Max Gorn, if you don't have him, I think he's still a gun. We saw that in the weekend. I think he's number one. Um, looking at your list in front of us here, Darcy Cameron potentially. Um, Brundy's thing, back. Darcy, what was that? Sorry, Brundy will be, be back in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, so that that loses his appeal, I guess. Um, Nankervis, how's he tracking? I don't know enough about him this year. He's scoring really well, actually, like surprisingly well. Yeah, right. Um, Three round average of one twenty five, five round average of one hundred and sixteen. Geez, all right. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like in the past, we've always had Gorn and Grundy, and that's the end of the discussion. Really, this year there's not there's not a clear um, a clear combination that I think you have to have. People have English, people have Gorn, people have Wits, people have Darcy, Proust as well. Um, I'd, my first port, port off call would be to try and get eighteen and hold Proust, and then the next week potentially look at. Um, putting in a, an English or a Wits, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that makes I think that makes sense. I don't I don't think it's worth reaching for like a I don't know. I'm having a look at the options now, and there's not many. I don't I, I don't I wouldn't want Nankervis personally. I don't want to bring in a Goldstein and then have him have the buy next week. Same with um yeah, same with Darcy as well. Nico, any anything we're missing yeah. there? No, no, that's I, yeah. I was probably going to say Nank, but you're right. Like I really wouldn't want him long term. Yeah. Um, you don't really want Goldie if he's going to be sharing the ruck with Sherry, even though he's doing really well at the moment as well. So. I really don't want to think about it, to be honest. Proust is playing, so all good. Well, it sounds like we're all, it sounds like we're all taking a punt on Proust, and that leads us nicely into our next segment, which is uh, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. Uh, they're the home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. We're going to preview their markets every uh, week this season. Um, we haven't had a heap of luck so far, but it's, I think it's turning around slowly, uh, very slowly but surely. Um, if you are linking up your account, use the code SCPLAYBOOK. Uh, so that Top Sport knows we sent you. Uh, it helps out the podcast immensely. It helps helps us keep this going. Um, 18 plus only. Gamble responsibly. Um, boys, every week I set you the, the task to find me something you like in the in the Top Sport world um, for this week. So um, I'm going to throw to you first, Dylan. What do you what do you got for us? What what value can the listeners find uh, on the on round 13 of the AFL? Yeah, it's always hard in the buy rounds where you don't have as many games being played. Um, so I've just thrown together a four leg. Head-to-head multi. Um, so Melbourne to beat Collingwood. I think Melbourne are just too good to not turn their form around. Um, Stephen May will be back. So as good as Collingwood are going, I think Melbourne bounce back there. They're at $1.29. Um, GWS to beat North, that's pretty sp- uh, self-explanatory. Freo to beat Hawthorne's also pretty self-explanatory. And then I've gone to uh, Richmond to beat Port, mm-hmm. um, given it's in Melbourne. So that uh, wraps up is $2.51. Beautiful. That sounds like a lot of value, and uh, you would have been very happy with your John Newcomb rising star bet last week. He didn't did his favours no harm with that last quarter on Sunday. Yeah, he was. I don't think he had a touch at quarter time, or if he did, it was like one handle or something. Um, his first half was pretty subpar, and Dacos obviously was flying. But yeah, Newcomb certainly turned it up in the second half and and almost got us over the line. Nico, what have, what have you got for us this week in terms of value? Good win by the Pies, that one, wasn't it, Dylan? Um, I'm going to go a couple of um, rough ones. So, yeah, at the line. So, North, I don't mind, plus 34.5 against the Giants, even though Mm -hmm. they're completely hopeless. But I think it's pretty generous, you know, to get within six goals. So, we'll go with that. And it's a Collingwood, plus 21.5 against Melbourne. We beat them last year when they were unbeatable. So, and, you know, we're in a bit of form, so why not risk it? $3.82 using my top-up token there, Eddie. Very nice. You love a good top-up token, don't you, Nico? <laughs> Actually, um, not bad, but yeah. I think I'm going to go – I like. I'm really liking just taking the, the, the teams head-to-head, um, and I like the look of St Kilda at 3 bucks against Brisbane at the Gabba. Um, I think St Kilda coming off a buy. Um, they've been in really good form. They play well against good teams, it seems. Um, I think they, they, they look like a top-four side to me, St Kilda, or at least one that can push for top-four, so – I like them against Brisbane at the Gabbard coming off a loss that is paying $3. Um, if you are linking up your top sport account, don't forget to use the code SC Playbook. Um, now, what are we moving on to here? Plans for this week, boys. We've discussed um, a few of them, uh, but I want to get your thoughts on the captain slash vice captain discussion. Dylan, where are we looking this week? Because uh, it seems to be getting more crucial week in, week out for the vice captain and captain Stuff I missed out on two last week, which sucked. Um, I had lead instead. That costs you. That's a free thirty points you're throwing down the drain. Um, who are you looking for this week? So, vice captain might be crazy after what he's just done to me, but I'm going to go with Sean Darcy as vice captain <laughs> against Hawthorne. <laughs> um, Not bad. 
Well, his last like three, it. these are his last three against us. So 129, 183, and 139. And I don't have who he played on in those games in front of me. But given we're rucking with uh, what seems to be a slightly unfit Ned Reeves at the moment, hopefully he gets a really big score. Um, so I'm risking him as vice captain, and then I'll captain Max Gorn. I think he's. Shown he's he's, a, he's still a gun. Um, his past two against Collingwood, 123 and 153. Um, yeah, I'm hoping Gorn's a, a safe enough backup, or if not, Gorn Clayton Oliver on the on the Queen's birthday match. If, if Darcy goes pear shaped, what are you thinking, Nico? Just be wary, Dylan. They uh, they never double up these massive scores. They always put in a stinker the week after. So. Having said that, I'm going to go with uh, a VC Neil, I think, against um, the Saners, and then Oliver um, always seems to be a, a decent, you know, captaincy option. So, yeah, I think I'm leaning similar to you, Nico. The only one I was sort of tossing up on the Friday night game was Jaden Short um, against Port, um, but yeah, I think Neil is probably the uh, probably the safer option on a Saturday um, against uh, who have they got? St Kilda at the Gabba. Yeah, he that's that feels like a very safe option. Um, so yeah, Neil VC into Clayton C looks good to me. Um, now, if you've made your trades for this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. Don't know where to start? Shoot Pat and George at Mortgage Choice or one word, a message on Instagram, or give them a call on 02-9521-1611. Mention SC Playbook and they will take care of the rest. That's Pat and George Mortgage Choice on Instagram if you're interested in checking out the boys. Um, we've been very proud to partner with them this season. They've done some good, great stuff for the SC Playbook site and the brand, and it's been great to work with them. Um, now, we've got uh, Nico, you've got your hand up. What do we yeah, want to... I just want to touch on what you guys, um, what your thoughts are with the rookies this week. Like, do you think, mm. you know, where um, Owens, Sam Durden from the Blues, do you reckon these guys will get a gig? I'm reasonably bullish on Ware um, in the short term. I don't think he's a long-term player. I think he's probably got three to four weeks max left in him, but I think um, in the short term, he looks good. Durden's an interesting one. Um, I haven't actually put much thought into him. What can you tell me about him, Nico? Just with waitering out, um, it seems like, I don't know if he was brought in because of that or if that happened after. I'm not sure, but it looks like it's going to be a like-for-like replacement there. Um, yeah, he was, brought so- in, he was brought in off the back of the injury. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Less, so... so- Looks like there's a need there, and um, he's going to fill it. So at 123k as a defender, which we've been struggling for defenders, you know, rookie wise, pretty much all year. Yeah, might be a good shout. And he should get a. This is dirt, and he should get a pretty good run at run at it. I think as well. Oscar McDonald is another one who who got injured, and um, in the past has been a, a backup. So they've only really got young at the moment. Obviously, Liam Jones retired. Um, earlier in the season. So, yeah, Jordan's one to keep an eye on. I don't think he'd score overly well, but a warm body's a warm body, I guess. So would you go early on Durden or are you, are you, would you go where this week and then um, hang on and wait for Durden to hit the bubble, bubble Nico? Yeah, if, if named, yeah, I think I think where's the, the shout there. Um, I don't think it's worth boosting if you've got it. Well, I mean, you've got three trades anyway. I mean, you could do – you could bring both in. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's you could just wait and see. What about – that's actually a good point that we haven't really touched on is some of the other guys coming out of the mid-season draft. Um, Dylan, I'm guessing you were all over it as usual. Um, can, can, what can you tell me from a super coach perspective about any of these blokes that p- got picked up in the draft? Should we be expecting to see them as, as warm body options in the coming weeks? Um, Brett Turner, who got picked up by Adelaide, has been touted as one that might see a little bit of action. Um, 
Josh Carmichael, who went to Collingwood, is another, but Nico will have some thoughts on him, I'm sure. The two boys that got picked up from Sandringham, uh, Max Ramson to Hawthorne and, and Hugo Hulkan to Sydney. I'd be surprised if either of them featured this year. Maxi Ramson's still pretty lightly built. Um, he's more of a project ruckman, and, and Hugo, I think, is, is still um, got a little bit of developing to do. So I'd be surprised if either of those guys came in um, this season. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Carmichael could get a gig, probably more so later in the year, I reckon. Um, Fly came out, coach, and said that, yeah, he, he's a good chance to, to debut at some point. So, yep. Yeah, I think to keep an awesome. eye on. The... Sorry, you go, mate. Yeah, um, yeah well, I was going to say, I think the, the, the blokes the Essendon brought in, um, a couple of, I think, small forward. Um, I'm trying to find his name here. Massimo. Massimo, yeah, Massimo, yeah, and then Moscow. we also got yeah, yeah. Jai Menzi <laughs> as well. Um, who they both, I think they both will get a look at some point in this season, especially when we inevitably throw in the towel um, Jai, in the coming weeks. Jai Cully is that his name? Number yeah. one, surely he gets a gig for West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Callan, surely. Alan Dawson went to North at pick two, and I mean, <laughs> North are probably trying every bloke on the list at some stage, aren't they? Surely. Um, yeah, it's one to keep. They're going to be Bryn Tekel is the other one, um, the Port Adelaide uh, ruck slash forward, who a lot of people are having a look at just as that swing option, including you, Dylan. By the sounds of it, this week, I've got um, him. Yeah. Do you, oh, you both got him. Do, mm-hmm. do you care if he plays, or is he purely there as just a loophole? One or two. I hope he doesn't swing. play. If he played and scored thirty, I'd probably be pissed off. So <laughs> more than happy for him to sit in the sand for all season. He, he's there in case Proust gets a one-week injury or, or suspension. He can swing English in there. That's all that is. Yeah, yeah very nice. Uh, love it, boys. Well, that's one to keep an eye on over the coming weeks. Um, we'll can make sure to keep you well abreast of uh, which those mid- mid-season draftees are looking like they might get a game. Um, the last thing we've got to talk about today, boys, is the uh, the listener Q&A. Uh, we put up a post on our socials every Sunday asking for questions from our listeners. Um, they are always willing to come to the table with a few goodies. Um, the first one today, Nico, is from Corey Blackledge. Um, he says, Walsh and Parrish this week, I think, as have 500K in the bank. I might be doing, but still missing out on Oliver, who's a must, and now gone as well this round. So I think he's essentially asking, um, do you go Walsh and Parrish, or do you try and build the bank up uh, uh, and get to uh, get to the two Melbourne boys? What do you think, Nico? Yeah, look, the situation that you're in, Corey, mate, I reckon um, you should be looking for a bit of value rather than paying top dollar. Um, for, the, for guys like Parrish and Walsh, they're pretty much top dollar, so... I'd be looking at maybe going a Sinclair or a Merit, those kind of cheaper options, and then just baking that that cash, um, and then trying to get to probably. Oh, look, you have to have one of them, but I'd probably lean to getting Oliver, maybe over Gorn. Um, but yeah, I'd save a bit of cash, mate, and um, try and get them coming off their buy. But yeah, think think value, I think, buddy. The next question comes from Fraser Kenny on Twitter, and this is for you, Dylan. Um, who to bring in, irrespective of buy round? He's got Tuke Miller v. Rory Laird, and he's got Jade Gresham v. Zach Butters. So out of those two pairings, uh, who do you want? Um, I think Laird and Miller. So Laird is the more consistent of the two there. Miller has the ceiling. I would... Oh, I, that's a real flip toss of the coin. Maybe Miller because he seems to be more accessible at the moment. Led 625, Miller's 575. So he's saving 50K there. So maybe Miller, um, but both are good options there out of those two. Um, and in terms of Gresham and Butters, I think they're both crap and should he leave out both of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> like they're just not top eight. I think I would be looking at one of the doggies boys. Um, 
I was no, looking I forward to your answer on that one because <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, that's tricky. <laughs> yeah, I just think you're, you're mucking around with trades. Just get someone you know who's, who's quality. But as we've seen, can put out a 50 and, and Gresham is a little bit the same as well. I'd, I'd, I'd wait and look at someone else there. I'd probably rather go Heaney over those two options. Oh, you know, my God, when I think Nico, about no. Heaney, hey, no. I've saved you, mate. I have saved your bacon by... Uh, you not training him in earlier in the year? Yeah, it looked horrible. It looked, you looked like it was one of the worst calls of all time earlier in the year, didn't it? When you'd been he's, saying, don't oh. get Heaney all preseason, and then he was going nuts <laughs> in those first few rounds. But it's so annoying. Like, he's going like a, what, 30 or 40 at three-quarter time, then he pulls out a 50-point last quarter every week. I'm like, damn it. Mm. At least I don't God go to the league pro. But, yeah. But, um, <laughs> look, I'll, 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 I'm not, not open to trading him in just – putting that out there so okay all right I, I might be struggling with um you know that f8 you know upgrade uh money-wise and he might fit the bill potentially there's a, there's a bloke called Stephen Cornelio that goes all right as well Nico you should consider <laughs> well that's the thing like if you didn't sell him when he had 170 odd break even when are you gonna ever sell him that's what that's the position that these guys are in oh, so, yeah. bring you back in and you've saved yourself about 100k cash Nico it's perfect uh, it was the plan all along wasn't it <laughs> I'm quite happy not having him all good. Oh, well, that's enough, the, enough. Just on the forwards quickly, Nat Fife played in the waffle on the weekend and is due back this week, so that might affect Will Brody as well. It's, I think it's just worth putting on people's radars. Yeah, very Jesus good call. Good. Brody yeah. has been amazing. I was He's trying to think been, earlier today, who's who out of him and um, George Hewitt, who's been the pick of the season, do you think? Oh, easily Brody. Oh, you reckon? They're both the same price, and he started at, what, 120 or something? Oh, I was talking more from just a like, – Supercoach definitely Brody, oh, but in terms of yeah, impact yeah. from the club, I think I'd I think I'd say Hewitt. Um, but yeah, yeah Supercoach definitely Brody. They got yeah, it's nothing, tired, isn't it? They got him for yeah. nothing, Brody. Like got him for nothing, and he's a he's the leading midfielder basically in a top four team. It's uh it's pretty remarkable. Uh, yeah, his game on the weekend was nuts as well. He had like I can't remember what they said in the commentary, but a heap of contested ball, heap of clearances. Good player. Sorry, he started at two twenty four k, but yeah, that's why he's I'm, one of those. He's one of those great supercoach buyers that he uh, he's always he's, his supercoach is always higher than his AFL fantasy score as well, which I always love. Mm. I love seeing that from like the inside mid. It just shows he's getting down and dirty tackling. Yeah, contested possessions. You're not um, seeing but, that from Mitchell. Mitchell's going the other Sam. He's going the other way at the moment. He's getting like one hundred and twenty dream team and like eighty odd supercoach. Must be a, Tom, Tom. You mean Nico? Tom, sorry, what <laughs> did I say? <laughs> <Tim, Mitchell's laughs> he said Sam. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he's the coach. Yeah, yeah. Both small, annoying midfielders. I see where you get it from. Yeah. Um, that's enough baiting Nico about Cogs for this week, I think, boys. Um, we'll leave it there. Thanks, uh, thanks heaps for your time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back on the pod next week. See you, lads. So easy, thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 